The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. This week, uh, we're going to be sharing content from our homes. None of us could have anticipated what we've been through over the last year and definitely not what we've experienced over the last week. Hope that you're warm and safe. 
I'm grateful for the way that all of you are looking out for each other. Uh, we are working together to contact our church partners and friends to bring in plumbers and anybody that can help assist. And because of the pandemic and the fact that this uh, winter storm has hit a lot of cities, it's a bit more challenging than normal, but we're gonna do everything we can to take care of each other. Um, I invite you now into worship. This is a time that we wanna pray, contemplate, ask God to give us a peace despite our circumstances and remind us that he will see us through in the season of Lent, we're used to disruption. Some of it we choose so that we can seek God in new ways. Sometimes we don't choose it and we still get to experience God in some new ways. Let me pray for you. Lord God, I thank you for the people of Ecclesia. Though we would not have chosen the challenges that we face this week, we ask you to bless us as we seek you, as we hear a word of encouragement from your scripture, as we're invited to care well for one another. Uh, we pray, God, that as we move through Lent towards Easter, that we would be reminded that we have nothing to fear, not even death, not sickness, um, that we're a people of the resurrection. We believe this in our heart and in our soul, and we pray it together in your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. It's all around you, it's all 
Ecclesia as a church that remains committed to caring well for our community, especially in times of crises like we faced this week, uh, and committed to caring for our community globally. We believe that a part of that is, is gathering the resources that God has entrusted us with faithfully, knowing that, that God will do through these offerings more than any of us can do alone. And so I invite you to join me in this, this prayer. In this Lenten season, we journey through the wilderness towards the cross. We walk in the path of our Savior. Christ withheld nothing, not even his own life. We seek to follow in simplicity and sacrifice, sharing generously not only our resources, but our whole selves for the sake of our neighbors next door and around the world. With this offering, we plant hopeful seeds in the desert, trusting in the fruit that God will bring forth. Amen. Sisters and brothers, it's the part of our service where I get to extend gratitude as well as invitations to our community. You may have realized that we are not filming from the building this week. We are filming from our homes. So you have literally been invited to my home office for this missional update. Chris is already mentioned and prayed over us about what a, what a week it has been. And I want to add just our heartfelt prayers. And this week, consistently, I have been praying for the restoration of all things and all people. I want to tell you about some things that are coming up that are even happening as I speak. We are starting downtown Eucharist services outdoors in person today and I am there right now that is the magic of technology <laughs> um, we have been doing that on the west side at both 9 and 11 it'll be 9 and 11 downtown too and you can register for those services on our website or on the church center app the other thing that I want to mention is that we have some discipleship groups that are starting up during this Lenten season. They are going to start next Sunday, February 28th. Um, they will be for four weeks on Sundays at 10 a.m. One of the groups is called Further Up and Further In, Engaging God in Creation. And it's going to explore the spiritual fruit of seeking beauty and God in creation. That's being led by Pastor Paul. The other group is called Art and Faith, which is an exploration of faith through the lens of art, being led by one of our board members, Kirby Trapolino. No art experience is required. Again, you can sign up for these at the website or on the Church Center app. Another invitation for you um, is another sacred prayer encounter time where you get to be guided in contemplative practice as you engage with God. And this go around, we are focusing on the Stations of the Cross. 
that's a tradition at Ecclesia, where we have images of the stations up on our walls at both campuses. And we're doing that again this year. And this is an indoor experience where you can sign up for a 45 minute slot to engage in these images. We will have a brochure for you that will help prepare you as well as give you guidance and also have a time of reflection afterwards. I know that you may be spending your next Saturday um, the 27th, which is when we're going to be at the West Side, helping friends. Um, but and you may feel like I don't have time to engage in, in prayer. Um, we're all caring for ourselves in different ways. You may need to do that on Saturday, but some of you may need to take some time for yourselves. You know, we cannot pour from empty cups, and we're hoping that this time at our Westside campus on the 27th from 10 to 2 p.m. would be a time of refreshment and replenishment as well as just rejuvenation for your soul. Our staff and our prayer team will be there. And so even if you want to come just to have someone pray with you, we encourage you to sign up. We're also doing this indoors at our downtown campus on March 13th. So again, to register for either of these dates, the 27th or the 13th, go to our website or register on Church Center app. So you notice that I have been mentioning Church Center app for all of these events. We are encouraging you, we invite you to download the Church Center app as an easy way for you to sign up for all of these events and groups. I have the Church Center app on my phone. It was not difficult to download and get connected to the downtown campus. So as technologically behind as I am, I know that you guys can do it too. I'm rooting for you. You know, one thing I love about this community is that Every time there is some major thing going on, inevitably several of you reach out and ask, how are our homeless brothers and sisters doing through this? And yet again, many of you have asked, what has been done? What are we doing? Well, we had that, those great winterization efforts that you guys participated in, that you were so generous. All of those things were given out to our sisters and brothers. And then last week before the freeze came, we did another round and giving out thermals and blankets and other items. This past Thursday, we were able to give out food, more hygiene items. And today, um, this afternoon, Sunday, we are providing a hot meal for these sisters and brothers. As their needs become more apparent, we will be sure to let you know Thank you again for your generosity and for your care um, and asking about them. Again, to give to these efforts, you can do that in many ways. I'll tell you the three of them. Um, one is texting your donation amount to 84321. Again, the Church Center app, I've been told that it is a very easy way to give. Jerry and I will be signing up shortly. And you can also go online to ecclesiahouston.org slash giving. These are all of the ways that you can join us in being the hands and feet of Jesus to our neighbors here and around the world. Whew, that was a lot. <laughs> Another breath I think is needed. Let's 
now for just take a pause open our souls a little bit more to receive the words that Pastor Sean has for us today. Hello, Ecclesia. It's Pastor Sean coming to you from, well, from my home, because you know what I know that it's been a crazy, crazy, incredible week. Just unbelievable you know since I've been home I've been re-watching one of my favorite shows which is 30 Rock and in one of the shows the character Liz Lemon played by Tina Fey has just had like this really wild unbelievable week and she says to her boss Jack Donaghy played by Alec Baldwin she goes wow what a week and he looks at her and goes Lemon It's Wednesday. That's how I feel this week. I'm guessing some of you feel that way too, that it's been a month this week. If you're one of our extended family at Ecclesia that you're not in the Houston area, you might not know that what we've dealt with this last week has been more than just snow or ice that we're not used to and can't drive on. And I I get all the jokes about Texans not being able to do that kind of thing. But we have been through just an incredible, incredible ordeal with all of us probably having some period of time where we didn't have power in our homes. Some of us going days without power and then water and then burst pipes and and that anxiety, that rest just a little bit underneath the surface of not knowing when you're going to get power back or if you got power back, when's it going to go out or if you're going to get a burst pipe and how how do we take care of pipes and and this person says this and someone else says something else. It's just been awful. Just awful, awful, awful all the way around. And we're just now maybe starting to peek our heads up from some of that. And I get the great task in the middle of all of that uh, to speak a word of good news to you. And I just want to be honest. My biggest concern right now is sounding tone deaf, right? That for some of us who have been through an awful lot this week, It's so easy to just lay some sort of God is with us, God provides platitude or something that sounds like a platitude because those things are really true, like over top of it. And that's not where you're feeling. That's not where you're living at all. I remember after Hurricane Harvey came through, it took our family over two years to recover a property of ours in Katy. And there were some other people who were over Harvey the minute that their lawns dried. And, and I don't want to be that guy, like like that guy, we've all got that friend who's just been posting pictures of his kids like making snow angels when there are others of us, like a kid from my youth group who I have known for over 25 years who had to chop down their fence for firewood so the kids could stay warm. I don't want to do that to you because this is a real event that many of us are in the middle of and it will stick with us for a long time. For some of us, 
it's unearthing and bringing up some trauma that we've had about other times when we have felt like life was out of our control or we were being abused or overlooked or neglected in some ways. And for others of us, it's creating a whole new trauma around these kind of events, which seem to be more and more and more and more. I was talking to some school teachers this week, some Ecclesians, and we were just sharing the fact that our kids and the kids that, that they teach, like they are experiencing so many traumatic events in such a short time. And church, what we have to do in this time is not only be together, but be with one another and for one another. And so I'm glad that we are reaching out to as many people as we can to help in as many ways that we can. And I'm actually glad that we find ourselves this week still walking through the book of Ecclesiastes together. This book that is so different from so many other books in the Bible And Pastor Chris shared with you last week that Ecclesiastes is what we call wisdom literature. And in the Bible, there's lots of different kinds of wisdom literature. There are things like Proverbs and Job and the book of James and Ecclesiastes. And all of those function a little bit differently. And it's really helpful to know what you're reading so you know the kind of conversation that Ecclesiastes steps into. Because if you take a book like Proverbs, Well, well, Proverbs was written and set up in an if-then kind of world. Like, if you do this, then this thing will happen. And that's great for a lot of the way the world works, but it is a proverb. The proverbs are filled with proverbs, which is to say that what the proverbs point us to is true a good bit of the time, most of the time, like eight, nine times out of 10. It's a proverb. That's how proverbs function. An if-then world that works most of the time. But that's not all of life. And so you need a book like Job. Because Job has this experience where God is being tested and Job is being tested by Satan. And then when Job loses everything, when he loses his family and all of his possession, his wealth, his position, all of his friends show up and they kind of sit down and hunker down with him for a few days. And then they start to speak to him out of that if then kind of world. Then Job, if you are suffering, this must be what has happened, what you did. And Job, we learn at the end of that story that the world doesn't always work that way. And then you get a book like Ecclesiastes, which, as I said a few weeks ago, is God's bulldozer. That says it's going to take even more discernment than that because God is eternal. And you were made to be eternal. But right now, you're living life under the sun. And living life under the sun means that there are things that come with life, events, occurrences, relationships, work, pleasures, pain that come with life that you need to know, I need to know how best to deal with. And there's no better time really than when you're in the midst of something that is so disruptive as we have been through and coming into this season of lit that we need to stop and look at the nature of the world and the nature of our place in it and learn how to handle that well, knowing that yes, God is God and we are called to this big purpose and this big life under God and with God. 
but we do it practically every day under the sun. And if you don't understand what life is like under the sun, you will mishandle, you will mismanage the eternalness of your soul. And so we arrive at Ecclesiastes and Solomon is going to tell us some stuff in Ecclesiastes 9 today that might be really new or sound really strange to some of us. And he's going to give us two principles in this little section that we need to hold on to strongly during times like this. And this is how Ecclesiastes 9 starts in verse 1. He says, So I set my mind on all of this, examined it thoroughly, and here's what I think. I've said all of this. I've set my mind on all of this. This is what I think in the end. The righteous and the wise and all their deeds are in God's hands. Whether they are destined to be loved or hated, no one knows but God. Everyone shares a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who sacrifice and those who neglect sacrifices. The good and the faithful are treated no differently than the sinner. Those who take an oath are treated no differently than those afraid to commit. Such, Solomon says, a great injustice. Life under the sun, Solomon says, is injustice. And it's an injustice for one reason. It's unpredictable. Like, like there's no get out of suffering, get out of pain free card because you are a good person that life visits all of us. And haven't we noticed that? Hasn't that been made clear to us? Like in the last year, from, from COVID to walking through an election, to a riot at the Capitol, to storms and electricity outings and pipes bursting in Houston, that life is unpredictable. And could any of us have predicted who those things would have happened to and who they wouldn't have? Who got COVID and who didn't? Whose pipes burst and who didn't? You can't. I can't because life is unpredictable. But does that sound right to you? Like who, who came up with this system? Everyone, the wicked and the good share a common destiny. Shouldn't the good get a leg up? And Jesus, Jesus comes along later and Jesus is a wisdom teacher by traditional standards. And he says, he says that God makes the rain fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. And we're reminded, like, this is what this is what life is like under the sun. That by virtue of being here, we all experience the peaks and the valleys, the joys and the mourning that come with life. And like Ecclesiastes said just a few chapters ago, like there's a time for everything. And you can't escape that time. This is what life is. And that's important because maybe some of you are like me. That when the pipes burst and the power goes out, when the storms come, it's easy for me to think, why why does this always happen to me? 
What, why not them? Or, or why doesn't they, why don't they do that? Cause I'm, I'm a good person. I've done all the right things. And Solomon says, that's just part of it. And, and here's the beauty of it. Once we recognize that that's part of it, the great gift that we have is one another. Because don't you know this from your own experience? Aren't the meanest people, the cruelest people, the most people who are the least helpful, aren't they the people who look at situations where other people are hurt and harmed and suffering and they don't imagine that it could be them, that it has been them, that they could suffer the same way and aren't the most compassionate people you know, the people who look at the suffering in the world and go, I know. I've been there. And even if I haven't been there, I have a faint imagination of what that can be. And I am here with you. Because when the power goes out, there are two kinds of people. There are folks who hit up your phone and say, I've got power. I've got water. Come stay with me. If you can get here, you got a place to stay. And you've got people who go, Man, glad it's not me. Now, where can I go? Just this week, with everything that's going on, I spent a lot of time doing what I always do in these situations, which is like doom scrolling the internet and doom watching the news. And I was telling my wife, Rochelle, that I just wish I weren't a natural worrier. And the reality is, I realized this week, I'm not a natural worrier. I'm a natural controller. And I get worried when I don't have control. And Solomon steps in to remind me, you're not always gonna have control. That, that, that's an illusion. But you are surrounded by people who will be with you in that lack of control. Because water freezes at 32 degrees. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what your opinions are. Water freezes at 32 degrees. Life is unpredictable for everyone. And in the middle of the mess, best thing you can be is there for someone else. Then he goes on verse three. He says, here is an evil that pervades all that is done under the sun. The same destiny happens to us all. Human hearts are inclined toward evil. Madness runs deep throughout our lives. And then what happens? We die. So long as we are alive, we have hope. It is better to be a living dog, you see, than a dead lion. At least the living know they will die. The dead don't know anything. No future, no reward is waiting them. And one day they will be completely forgotten. All of their love and hate and envy die with them. Then it is too late to share in the human struggle under the sun. Wow. 
Wow, Solomon. Maybe that's why some people struggle with whether or not to be depressed when they read this. We all share the same fate. This is life for everybody. And then we die. And there's a way to see this and read it as the most depressing thing you've read this week. But there's also a way to see and read it that's the most life-giving thing that you've seen this week. Steve Jobs said that remembering that you are going to die is the best way to know, best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. Knowing you are going to die can give you focus and attention, not to do everything in life, but the thing that you were called to do, that you were born to do, that you were made to do. And look, you're not going to last forever. And so it is time right now for you to be about doing the thing that God invented you to do, the thing that God created you to do. It's about you reaching your potential and your mission. But it's also about loving and celebrating the other people in your life who are also going to die. Like it may be time to have that conversation, to love that person fully. It means that when you are with your children, with your partner, with your parents, the people that God has given you and surrounded you with, to make the most out of those moments because they are not going to be here forever. You're not going to be here forever. And once you get that in focus, that gives meaning and purpose and direction to who you are and what you're supposed to do with your time and your energy and your talents. Solomon says that we share one thing and that one thing is really simple. Like we're going to die and we need to act in light of the fact that we are going to die. We need to live in like we're going to die. And then he says, there's going to be a time when it's too late to share in the human struggle. There's going to be a time where it's too late for you to love the people well that God has given you to love well. So Do it now. Then verse seven, Solomon says, so here's what you should know. So we're going to boil it all down. All the things that we've talked about. Here's the thing that you ought to know. Here's what you should do. Go and enjoy your meals. Drink your wine and love every minute of it because God is already pleased with what you do. Dress your best and don't forget a splash of scented fragrance. Enjoy life with the woman you love. Cherish every moment of the fleeting life which God has given you under the sun. For this is your lot in life, your great reward for all of your hard work under the sun. Whatever you find to do, do it well because where you are going, the grave, there will be no working or thinking or knowing or wisdom. Like, isn't that incredible? Like at the end of it all, this is what Solomon says, because life is random, it's unpredictable, and you're gonna die, enjoy it. Enjoy your life, cherish your life, enjoy your food, drink your wine, love every minute of it. And and maybe some of you are like me, where it's only been like in the last few years of my life that has dawned on me, that has occurred to me that, oh, I'm supposed to be enjoying this. 
that, that all of that work, everything that I'm doing that is producing something, like the fruit of that I'm supposed to enjoy. And then he says, someone says this weird little thing. He says, because God is already pleased with what you do. And, and that's, that's not exactly what the Hebrew is getting at. What the Hebrew is getting at is when you are enjoying your life, God is enjoying your life. So several years ago, um, I was asked to speak at a conference in Anaheim, California. And so me being me, I'm always thinking about what's most efficient and cost effective. In my mind, I'm thinking one day I get on a plane, I fly out to Anaheim, I speak, I get on a plane, I come back home. That's not at all what my family was thinking. My wife grew up in Phoenix. She went to Disneyland all the time. She loves Disneyland. Our girls were younger and they hadn't been to Disneyland yet. And so Rochelle plans this big trip to Disneyland for all of us. So we drive all the way to Anaheim and we spend a week before I even speak just doing Disneyland and California Great Adventure and going to Harry Potter World and all kinds of things that quite frankly, I didn't want to do. I don't like Disneyland. I don't like lines. I don't like waiting. I don't like expensive food that's not that great. I don't like any of that stuff. But they loved it and they wanted to do it. And because I'm a dad, I just signed on and smiled all the way through it. And I remember it was like our, our last day or second to last day. We're standing there in line. I've got my backpack on and we're just hanging out as a family. And my youngest daughter, Kate, looks up at me and she goes, Dad, are you having fun? And I looked down at her because Rochelle and I made this agreement a long time ago that we would never lie to our children, not even if we thought it might encourage them for us to do so, that we would never lie to our children. And I, I told her, as the cash register is like ringing in my head, I said, I'm having fun watching you have fun, which was true. And just about every parent in the world knows exactly what I mean when I say that. And that's what Solomon is saying is God's orientation to you that God is having fun watching you have fun. God enjoys you experiencing joy. And then Solomon says, whatever it is you do, do it well. Like whatever you're calling, whatever your job, and sometimes those two things overlap and sometimes they don't. And sometimes you have an assignment for a little bit of time. You're called into something, invited into something for a little while, but that's not the big thing that God wants you to do with your life. You get a delay here or there or a couple of false starts, but whatever it is you do, do your best. So yeah, right now, after everything that we have been through in this past week, Maybe God's word to you for this week is find something in your life, some source of joy. 
allow God the pleasure, allow God the enjoyment of watching you enjoy something. And that's gonna be different because we're all in different situations. But maybe the word for you this week is just to celebrate whatever it is you can celebrate. Because life under the sun is hard. It's random, it's unpredictable. So find joy where you can. It's astounding to me that Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, that this Jesus that Solomon doesn't know anything about, that changes all of the rules, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, going to the cross, He decided to have a meal and share wine with his friends, even in the middle of it all. Ecclesia, let me pray for you. Creator God, show us the places of beauty and meaning and joy, even in the midst of suffering and pain and upset and anxiety. Remind us that you are with us and our call is to be with and for one another. And we know as we celebrate communion, God, that what we celebrate is you being with us and us being with you in the middle of the pain. And so refocus us now. And we ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Pastor Sean, for your words of wisdom, encouragement, and invitation. Brothers and sisters, we now come to the table of Jesus, a table that Jesus himself hosts for all of us. And before we partake of the body and of the blood, We are encouraged by scripture to examine our lives and to confess. And so would you join me now in our confession prayer? Oh God, as you search us and know us, we open ourselves to you. Grant us mercy, grant us grace. When we avoid examining the state of our own hearts, but quickly sit in judgment of our neighbors. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When we are disciplined in the pursuit of earthly abundance, but invest little energy or enthusiasm in the treasures of the Spirit. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When our concern lies only with our own comfort and pleasure, as we avert our eyes from the suffering, injustice, and violence inflicted upon others. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When we demand instant results and scorn those who find value in waiting, in yearning, even in suffering, even in dying. Be merciful, O Lord, 
for we have sinned. Through this Lenten journey, may we remember and receive the love and mercy that you have already displayed on the cross. Guide us through the arid desert and ever toward your resurrection life. Amen. The table is set before us. On the night before Jesus was betrayed, he met with his disciples and he broke bread with them. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat it, remember me. After the meal, he took the cup and said, this is my blood shed for you. When you drink it, remember me. And so we are invited, Ecclesia, to this table. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Taste and see the forgiveness and the redemption. Amen. Rock of ages, 
rock of ages Broken scorn for me Who am I that you would die to make me free To give me glory You took the death and pain Rock of ages, my offering my privilege to get to now lead us in our kids' blessing. Last week, I got to deliver Lenten kits to some of our kids, and there was one little boy, five years old. Robert, if you're watching, this is about you. Your unbridled joy and enthusiasm was such a gift to me and my husband. Just in the midst of this crazy pandemic, we really appreciated how excited you were to receive this package from us. And so Ecclesia, bring those kids close, bring their faces close if they're not physically with you and pray with me. God, thank you for the children in our lives. We thank you for their unfiltered joy and enthusiasm for life. And God, we are asking that you would allow them to find not only their joy in you, but they would find faith, peace, safety, and security in your presence. Amen. Ecclesia, following a brutally challenging week, we thank you for being with us. It is great to be together, even from afar. We love you and you remain in our prayers. We will make it through this trial uh, together as a community, as a city, as, as a region. And so allow me to send us with this benediction as we begin also this, this journey into to Lent which will run in many ways parallel. Recent days have given us a taste of the desert, the pangs of hunger and the chill of exposure, gazing around with seemingly no end in sight. Similarly, in the desert of this sacred season, may we find nourishment in the presence and abundant provision of God called to depart from anxiety and despair and into stillness and trust, to see what we have been called into these barren lands to face, to confront, to change. So family, hold fast in faith, 
and some encourage for the path ahead. May these 40 days shape us and change us as we journey together toward the hilltop of our salvation, the cross at Calvary, and the empty tomb, which signifies for us that every trial in this fleeting life ends in the eternal embrace of Christ, in whose name we go now to love and serve always. Family, dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.